1: Hey guys, Basha here. Welcome back to the show. Today we have a super exciting guest, Casey Stubbs. He is the host of How to Trade a Podcast. Welcome to the show, Casey. How's it going?
2: Hi, Basha. I'm good.
1: It's good. Good to hear. Um, It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your challenges, your podcasts, and your goals. I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I'm 46 years old. I have nine children. And I live in Pennsylvania. And I have a podcast called How to Trade It, where I teach people how to trade on the podcast. And that's also a pretty successful trading education business is built around the podcast.
1: So what made you want to start that that podcast?
2: Uh, well, you know, It's kind of a really boring story, but I went to this uh, conference called Traffic and Conversion Summit in 2018, and they said at the conference, they said, if you're in business, you need a podcast. And so every time I go to a conference, I go to a lot of conferences and masterminds, and so whenever I go, I always have two action items, and that was one of them. So I went to that conference in February, and my podcast was launched about – a month later.
1: That's awesome. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about your, your journey and you know how you started off versus where you are now?
2: Yeah. So, uh, my skill set it's a twofold skill set. It's an internet marketing slash tech and trading education, and so they both collided when I was a very young person. Uh, my aunt worked for Intel. And she would bring home computer parts. This is in the 80s. And she would help us and teach us to put together computers. And so as a young kid, and this was way back when computers were kind of like a new thing. Um, So I was really tech savvy. Me and my brothers, we loved computers. Um, And so then fast forward a little bit. My dad was trading stocks. And when I was in high school, he was trying to learn how to trade stocks online. They were just going online for the first time in the early nineties. He didn't know how to use a computer. So he asked me to help him. So I helped him learn the computer and get his stock software all set up. And I was like, oh, wow, stocks. It's really cool. This Mm -hmm. guy can make money by clicking a button. This is amazing. Uh, So I was like envisioning millions of dollars in the stock market. Uh, And so that's what got me started. So I've been in trading ever since I was in high school. I took my tech skills uh, and I launched a website. And the way that I actually, I was always doing it on the side because I was in the army for nine years. But the way that I started was I was in construction. And in 2008, the construction industry dropped heavily because we had a financial crisis and I couldn't get work in the construction industry. So I thought, well, maybe I could start a website and talk about trading. And I did that in 2009. I launched my website January 1st. And by the end of the year, I was making enough money from my website that I didn't need to go back to work.
1: That's that's amazing. That's amazing. So how long have you been, because you do, I know that you do teach people how to trade. So how long have you been doing that for?
2: Uh, it was the same time I launched the website. Well, I launched the website and people started coming. And they're like, oh, we want you to teach us. <laughs> and so then, you know, maybe a year later, I decided to launch the education side of the business.
1: That's that's amazing. So based on where you are today, what are some, ch- some changes you would need to make or challenges you might face if you wanted to double or triple your profit and revenue? Uh,
2: changes I would need to make. So I've gone through a lot of cycles Cause you know, we got to look back at, um, how long 2009 to today, well, like that's like 13 years, maybe, uh, I try not to do math too often because without my calculator, but it's been a while. Right. So I've had a lot of ups and downs. And so I we was able to get to seven figures in the first three years. Right. And so for people that are listening, whether you're at six figures or even if it's a hobby, um you know i was able to get really rapid growth rather quickly and the problem was i was dreaming of nine figures you know eight figures nine mm-hmm. figures and so i was really trying to rapidly expand uh you know making over a million dollars in the first 3 years was amazing but um i was trying to grow too fast and so i had a couple pushbacks you know i'd i'd peak then i drop i'd peak then i drop mm-hmm. peak then i drop so the thing that i would change the most is to try to grow a little bit slower i know that sounds crazy but to be more consistent and not so fast uh because because of my speed it's actually caused me to grow slower um and then also to be a better understanding of your financial numbers because um, a couple of times when I was growing really fast, it seemed like I had a lot of money because I was making a lot and I was spending a lot and I didn't have a really good understanding. You know, you look at your bank account, you got like 200,000 in the bank, you think you can spend a lot of money. But the problem is, if you don't have a good understanding of your cash flow, right, you're like, oh, you can get really overextended really quickly, especially if sales start to slow down. Um, and so you can get yourself into trouble. And I actually almost went out of business a couple times because I was too aggressive. Uh, but now, after a couple really hard lessons, I've learned that managing your cash flow and having a good understanding of your cash flow reports is critical in growing a massive business.
1: So, what are you diff- doing differently now versus when you first started?
2: Uh, i 'm to promote that
1: steady growth and
2: uh, well to promote steady growth is i'm, I'm i've got a a vision a long term vision um of things that i 'm trying to accomplish, and I share that vision with my team often right so uh our goal is to have uh a team of people teaching successful traders to trade the markets, and uh we have goals in each one of those areas. And, um, you know, we just, we're constantly speaking that vision to my team and getting them on board, um, learning how to develop your team is really important and give them a big vision so that they can, uh, run with it and letting them lead is really important as well. Um, I absolutely love training young people and sending them out, um, and, letting them be successful. Uh, And I've had a pretty good track record of doing that. And so vision, working on the team, and really, again, managing your cash flow one step at a time, not being so aggressive. Uh, And then I would say the last thing that's been really beneficial, which doesn't make a lot of sense, especially for a a high-achieving type person like me, is to just step back and slow down. Uh step away from the work, don't work 50 60 hours a week. Slow down, do fun things like go on bike rides, um do some hobbies, journal, you know, slow down in the morning, have a morning routine. Um those things really help you to uh to be a balanced and stable person.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think balance is so important. That's that's something that I've personally struggled with. I've I've put in those 60 hour weeks as well. And it's just, it's, it's so much better. And you enjoy the whole process so much more when you're enjoying other aspects of your life as well. And your whole life isn't just work and success and achieving and doing the absolute most that you can. So what would you say is your biggest focus for 2023?
2: My biggest focus for 2023 is working on uh, continue to work on SEO with my website, uh, making sure that the traffic on the website continues to grow. Um, That's going to be a very big focus. I actually have a key person there who's handling that. And so that's going to be a key focus. And then another key focus for me personally is to, continue to slow down a little bit keep my my finger on the pulse of the business but to not do as much and so delegating tasks focus continually on delegating tasks finding out what someone else can do and then hiring them for that and that way I can focus on my sweet spot so so really the biggest thing is to focus on what I can do best and then sub out the rest.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so what is your, so you mentioned that you, you know, you want to improve, uh, SEO and drive more traffic to your website. What does your lead generation look like right now?
2: Uh, right now I am primarily getting leads from SEO and also mm-hmm. YouTube. And I also do a lot of joint venture things where I will do, um, promotions with other people. Um, Other people in the trading education business will work together. And um, those joint projects will generate a lot of lead flow. But the number one source of traffic is SEO. And that's why I want to continue to improve it because it's working. And so when you take time to work on what's working, that usually gives you some good results.
1: Have you ever thought about using your podcast to drive traffic to your website and using your podcast as a lead generator?
2: Uh Yes, yeah. The podcast is actually a great source of revenue um for me, and it's great for getting in front of people. It's great for expanding, and it's been a really good way to generate a lot of extra revenue for the business.
1: So how are you monetizing it?
2: Uh So- One of the aspects of my business is that I, since I'm generating a lot of traffic from my website is I will sell traffic. Uh, So if you, let's say you were a trading educator and you were selling an educational course in the trading industry, I can give you leads. And so I, um, I'm interviewing other traders who have trading businesses And when they are on my show, I'm like, Hey, how's it going? I just promote them. I help them sell their product for free. I get their name out there. I promote them like crazy. And then at the end of the interview, after I make them feel really good and we built a really nice friendship, I say, Hey, how's business going? And I'm like, well, do you need any traffic? And they're like, yeah, traffic. I always need traffic. I was like, okay, well, Hey, maybe you should try some of my traffic. I can give you a deal on it. And so basically my guests are my perfect clients and uh, we develop a friendship and we, they become customers. And um, you know, if I get, because traffic is pretty expensive um, a good guest can be a very high ticket experience. Uh, You know, I could get a a deal where somebody could make me to five to $10,000 a month. Um, just from one guest from the podcast. And if you do that multiple times a year, your podcast becomes a really good, uh, revenue stream.
1: That's amazing. So these guests are signing up not for your program, but to have access to your, your traffic and your audience, if I'm understanding correctly.
2: Well, they, they sign up to get featured on my show, right? They want to be on my show, which gives them exposure Mm -hmm. and, uh, If they don't know me, they might not know anything about my traffic business. And so they're just there just to share what they know about trading and get their name out a little bit.
1: Interesting. So what has your biggest struggle been with your podcast?
2: Um, The biggest struggle, I think, uh, in the beginning was consistency. I only did it for like, so I'm going on five years now. Uh, it's going to be five years in March. And the biggest struggle in the beginning was consistency. Uh, I didn't quite understand the major benefit of it. So I I posted every week for about seven months, and then I took a, a break, and my traffic really died down. And so that was a big challenge. Um, the other challenge I would say is getting quality content put out. Because, you know, Bajia, sometimes when you have a guest, you don't know how the conversation's gonna go. Right. So sometimes it's like everything clicks and you just have a great conversation. You felt like, oh man, this is great. People are gonna love this. And then other times you get a guest and it's like, wow, that was like just a really boring conversation. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that, but it's like, wow. You know, and so I, one thing I do to improve that is improve my interviewing skills. Um, because honestly, if I try to prejudge somebody like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to talk to Bajas. she seems amazing. And then I get on the show and it's like, wow, I was way wrong, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it seems like that's happened a lot. Sometimes like my assistant will give me the, the, the bio for the guest, and I'm like, this person's going to be terrible. Oh, this person's so boring. Like I just make a preconceived judgment. And then when the show's over, it's like, boy, was I wrong? That was the best interview ever.
1: Interesting. I mean, I think that that's your role as an interviewer kind of plays into that. You know, I think it's, it's a matter of reading their energy, reading their body language. If the podcast is happening over zoom Um, and learning to adapt to that. Absolutely not saying that it's your fault, but I think that, you know, there are obviously some slightly more boring prospects and slightly more exciting prospects. I think it's just the name of the game.
2: And and it can be my fault, especially if I'm not good at interviewing. And, you know, I want to not just get the story, but I want to get some actionable tips that can really help the listener. The bottom line is, At the end of every show, I want my listeners to be able to be like, oh, well, if I do ABC, I can have success in trading. right?" That's that's really the key. So as a host, I've got to get that out of people. But at the same time, too, I'm trying to build relationships. See, here's a little secret, a podcasting secret. I don't really care if my podcast makes money. I just use it to get access to high-profile people. Right. Cause I want to learn. And so I'm like, oh, this guy's got a great strategy. He's the United States investing champion. I need to get in front of this guy. I need to meet him. I need to build a relationship. So, really, my number one focus is to, so I can learn and become better at what I do. And so I can meet great people. The sales to my business is secondary and also putting out great content for my audience is secondary. Both things are very important, but primarily it's about me meeting people and learning.
1: I mean, you know the saying, your, your net worth is your network or your network is your net worth or however it goes, but concept is still the same. So um, so what have you, what have, okay, so... Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So since you would like to provide our listeners with some good actionable tips, let's talk about how you turned your skills into dollar bills.
2: Okay. So a couple of really important things. This is a great concept. Okay. This is just something that I want everyone to grab on to. Like if there's there's a lot of things that you can grab onto, but this is really a big one. Number one is don't look at what you don't have or don't look at what can't be done. Don't look at obstacles. I started this business. I was working in construction. And I, here's what I didn't have. I didn't have a job. I had a big family to support, and I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money, right? Because I was on laid off and construction for a family isn't a lot of money anyways. So that's, I didn't have a lot and right. So you, there's that saying that says you need money to make money. Okay. Well, I, there was a couple of things that I did have though, and I took action. So do an inventory of your skills and figure out what you do have and don't worry about what you don't have, because I see it so many times. I could do this, but this obstacle. I could do this, but I don't have money. I could do this, but but I can't, you know, this person's bothering me. I could do this, but it's always I could do this, but no, get rid of the but and just focus on what you can do. So here's what I had. I had a really cheap computer, like a total piece of junk. I had an internet connection. And that was it and on the on the hardware side and i had some skills i had some tech skills i had some trading background and i had motivation and so i took those skills with very little money i started my first my first website was on a free web builder so it cost me no money right like so i'm t- literally going from zero money it's not not zero but very low I didn't spend any money. There was a service I built an email list. It was Mailchimp. They gave you f- like free emails. So I was using a free e- free website, a free email service, and then my website started to take off, and I started to learn how to make money. And here's so here's another way you turn your skills. You look at what you have, and you maximize it. The other thing is. I found an article on the web, and the article was called How to Make $1,000 from the Website. How to Make $1,000 a Month from Your Website. The article was like eight pages long. It was on a website called associateprograms.com. I don't even know if the website's still in business, still open. And I read that article, and I followed the instructions, and that's it. And it started to work. And so over the course of a few years, I get successful, and people are always asking me, well, what did you do? What did you do? For, how did you do this? I'm interested in making money from my bedroom. How do you do this? And people, I give them that article. I tell them what I did, and I say, here, just follow the steps in this article. And I, to my knowledge, not a single person has ever done it. It's out there available but you just got to go after it.
1: So what do you think is the main reason that people, you know, you gave them that article. Why do you think they didn't do it?
2: Oh man, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, so you said that you were working a lot of hours and you're kind of a hustling type person. And I feel like, it's a, it's just a motivation thing, possibly. Um, and when they ask me, I don't know what they want. Like maybe they're expecting I'm going to give them something. I don't know. Um, but you've got to have the drive, the passion. Um, and I think that's probably the big one. And not find obstacles. You know, a lot of people are really good at finding obstacles. And I have those people now in my life on my – even on my team because i'm a a yes guy like yes we can do it yes we can do it yes we can do it so when i come up with an idea i actually need some of those negative type people around me to slow me down a little and so now i have some people like oh well what about this or you know we could run into this problem and what and and i need that to balance me out but when you're starting out you don't want to have that kind of a mindset um so what do you think uh what do you think causes people to really go for it and what causes people to stop
1: personally for because for me I was that person where I sat back and I was like you know what, like I really want to do this and like I never seemed to actually get up and do it I think it was a matter of training my mind into just doing it stop procrastinating like there's no difference whether you start well if you start today then you start today and you're a step further ahead than you were yesterday but if you start a month from now you stay in the same place that you were you know a month ago when you first when you first found out about whatever it is that you're thinking about jumping into so i think it was a matter of training myself into you know what like just just do it like stop overthinking it do it do it scared do it even if you fail i think that was i think it was a it was a fear of success as well as a fear of failure
2: that's good yeah, get you know there's no time like now to start. And if and that's one saying and another one is it's never too late. If you waited 10 years, don't worry about the time you lost, just start. <laughs> just start, just go for it. That's that's really good.
1: Absolutely. Um so what kind of services do you currently provide within your business? What where are you at now versus, you know, that Tiny little website on that crappy little computer. Uh,
2: what so does your business I have, look like today? I've got two two or three different things going on, but one is what I would call a B to C, business to customer, business to consumer, where I sell trading education. I teach people how to trade the markets. Then I have the B to B, business to business, where I tr- sell uh, traffic to other trading businesses. Uh, and so those are the two primary um, Businesses that I have going on right now, services.
1: Okay, awesome. So, um, if anybody who's listening is looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Uh, The best way is to go to tradingstrategyguides.com, my website. And also, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, which is LinkedIn and it's just my name, Casey Stubbs, and also Twitter. And I'm pretty active on social media. Um, I was actually looking for you on there, um, on LinkedIn. I didn't find you. It looks like you're not too active. I do.
1: I do have a LinkedIn profile, but I have nothing connected. I set it up not too long ago. So but That's, I'll, I'll it'll get be that be done good for you to get into <laughs>
2: because some of, you know, I've made great, amazing contacts on podcasting, but I've made a great, amazing contacts on LinkedIn too. Like I'm going to, uh, a conference it's called Podfest, and i met a guy on linkedin and he gave me a ticket then i got on his show and he's like he said he, he says hey i'm looking for a room at the conference and it's like 1200 bucks and you want to split the price on it it's like yeah yeah well, so now we're splitting a hotel room and all just from a linkedin content his name's mark savant and he's got a show called after hours entrepreneur so you just meet some great people in this business. That's
1: awesome. So if anybody's listening, make sure you have LinkedIn set up. That's one of the keys to success. Your network is your net worth. Um, All right, group, if you're listening and you enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and want to come on the show, please go to top100interview.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Casey.
2: You're welcome. Thanks, Bajia.